ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhind, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. As women, we have every reason to be confident. And for some reason, we aren't. According to research, we aren't as confident as men. And in my own life, and with so many women I know, we're just not as confident as we deserve to be. I mean, think about it for yourself. How confident are you in being able to take your career wherever you want it to go? If you want a promotion, you want to write a book, you want to have your own TV show, you want to get to be a C-level executive, whatever it is. How confident are you in that? How confident are you that you're a great mother? How confident are you that you're a great sister or friend? How confident are you in your body, right? That you could put on a bathing suit right now and go rock it out at the beach or the pool. As women, we have so many reasons. We are sexy, hot, interesting, and we lack confidence. And it's impacting our ability to be successful. It's impacting our kids. It's impacting our families. It's impacting community. And we're going to talk about all of that today on the Purpose Girl podcast and how you can gain more confidence because I know you deserve it. And you're going to want to stay tuned until the very end because I'm going to give you purpose power tools in order to become more confident and talk about an idea of how we can come together and support each other in becoming the most confident, happiest, most successful women we could possibly, possibly be. So make sure that you stay until the end of this episode. So women have every reason to be confident. We deserve it. And yet it makes sense why we might not have it. I mean, when we look around, according to the Center for American Progress, only four and a half percent of CEOs are women. Only 19% of board seats are held by women. Only 25% of executive and senior level officials and managers are women. And so perhaps we're less confident because we look up at the C-suite executives. We look where we want to go and we don't see role models. It just seems like, yeah, there's half of us in the workforce because there is, but women aren't making it to the top. And so we get this perception that it's not possible. And yet women are by far the more influential gender. This is why we deserve to start acting like it. I mean, if you think about it, women still run the households. In fact, research shows that even though men do more, right, in in heterosexual couples, men are doing more of household chores and care of children than they used to. Still though, Still, women are still the major caretakers of the household and of children. I mean, a lot of that is biological. Often if a child is hurt or needs something, they cry or run to mommy. Not every child, but that is kind of a biological. And there's also something called the mental load where women more naturally, it's just how our brains work. We're constantly thinking about everything that has to happen. So you're thinking about that little Jimmy has three birthday parties to go to on Saturday and has soccer practice on Sunday and needs orange slices. And so you're constantly organizing and thinking about it. It's how our brains work. And so we literally still do run the households and children. And if you think about it, our children, the future of this world, if they're depending more on us, which they are, we have the influence. And so our confidence 
pours onto them. Our happiness pours onto them. The old phrase, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And we know that this is true. When I was a little girl, my parents took us to family therapy. Have you ever done this? And um, so I'm the youngest of three. And we went to family therapy and my brother was a teenager and my sister was maybe like a preteen. And I was probably like eight or nine years old. And the therapist asks, who runs the house? Who's the head of the household? And the therapist looked at me, the youngest, the little girl in the room. And I said, my mom. And my mom said, oh, no, I do not. Oh, no, I do not. And she was thinking, because my dad at the time made more money than she did. She used to even ask him who to vote for, she told me recently. And we had a huge laugh over it because my mom is such an independent woman. Like, she would never do that today. But at the time, that was how she operated. And she thought my dad was the head of the household. But as a little girl, I understood that mom runs this house right? How mom's mood goes, so all of us go. Mom takes care of all the details, all of our lunches, all of our activities, and really our livelihood, our joy. And when mom was in a bad mood, we all knew it and we all felt it and we all wanted to help her and care for her. And when mom was in a great mood, there was like a radiance, right? So I knew it. When mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Because when a woman is happy, when a woman is confident, it pours over. Women also are more influential because we are the major purchasers. Like think about in your family, who buys most of the birthday presents? Who buys most of the groceries? Who buys most of the Christmas or Hanukkah gifts? Women still buy more. We could control the economy if we wanted to, if we felt confident in our earning in our spending. We could demand products that were not based on our fear and someone telling us that we shouldn't have wrinkles or shouldn't have gray hair, but demand products that really were about us being our best selves. So we have this power, but we don't feel it. We deserve to be confident. But the research shows that we are so much less confident than men. Recently, I was holding a retreat with incredible, beautiful women. And when I say beautiful, I don't just mean outside, even though, yes, these women are incredibly beautiful on the outside. I mean inside too. And a woman who is smart and accomplished in her career and generous, such a kind, 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 loving heart, sweet, perhaps in her 50s or 60s, she was sharing how she's never felt confident. And as she shared that, she looked down at her thumbs and was kind of looking at her hands and felt like she had no reason to be confident. And as we learn about her life, she's this incredible mother. And it was amazing to see by the end of the retreat, her claim, her confidence that yes, she is a great mother. She has reason to be confident. Another woman I know is this incredible entrepreneur, started her own business, has a beautiful, brilliant, big staff. She's written a book. She is so successful in my eyes. Like she has every reason to be confident, not to mention that she is sexy as get out. And she was feeling so insecure. And I get it. I feel that way too, right? And we were talking about why is it that women who have every reason to be confident don't? One of the things we started talking about is if we're confident, we're afraid we'll be seen as arrogant, right? So when I think about in my life, someone who I know who's very, very, very confident, my older brother, he's incredible, extremely confident. A lot of people think he's arrogant. And I know when I was a little kid, I thought he was too. 
I didn't understand the difference. And I thought, oh, I don't want to be like that, right? I don't want to go overboard. I think sometimes if we are seen as too confident, then maybe people won't want to support us or help us. They won't like us, right? So one of the things that I teach a lot of clients is every day to write down one thing you're proud of, one thing you're grateful for, and one thing that you're excited about. And the proud of always is hard. I remember working with one client and I asked her, she was having such a hard time with confidence. And so I asked her to make a list of everything that she has done in her life that she's proud of. And she just felt stuck. Like she just couldn't get over it. And as we talked about it, she was told as a little girl, don't brag. It's arrogant. Don't brag. Don't brag. Don't brag. And I get it because we as nice girls, in fact, a KPMG study found that 86% of the women in their study, 86% of the women recalled being taught to be nice to others growing up. Well, only 34% were taught to share their point of view. Check that out in your own life. I know that that resonates for a lot of people, right? So were you taught just to be nice? And I was taught to be nice too. I mean, think about it, like, just be nice, just be nice, care for other people. I remember I once went to a therapist who said, think about when little kids are on the playground, right? Little boys will be like beating each other up and playing a game and they might like hit each other and then they're, you know, hugging the next moment and they're friends. Little girls are like having a tea party and it's asking everybody else, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Right? So we are constantly taking care of other people. And that is a beautiful thing about being a woman. It's one of the things that we really should be confident in. We should be confident in our kindness, in our warmth, in our compassion. And a lot of research studies are now showing that those are the attributes that actually companies want, right? What was quote unquote called soft skills are the skills now that are actually leading to more success. And this is an incredible opportunity for women to realize that we should be successful right as we are. In fact, a professor in organizational behavior in Berlin, Laura Guillen, I hope I am pronouncing her last name correctly, she found that what actually is helping women get ahead in their careers is how caring they are and how warm they are to others, because that makes other people want to work with them more. And so it's interesting, like this thing that's very naturally feminine, and listen, we all have feminine and masculine qualities in us. So in order to be confident, we don't have to be hard and aggressive and arrogant. We can be confident in our warmth, confident in our compassion. And according to this research in Berlin, it's actually going to help us get more ahead. And so maybe we have been thinking that it's not nice to be confident, right? Maybe we've been thinking that we should boost others up more than ourselves. Can we do both? Can we be confident and boost others up at the same time? I think the answer is yes. I hope the answer is yes. So like, it's not, it's better to give than to receive. Can we give and can we receive? Can we be confident and can we boost others? So first we need to actually look at what confidence is. So in the dictionary, it says a feeling of trust in one's abilities, qualities, and judgment. And I have to tell you, I had to laugh a little bit when I looked at this definition because I thought, oh, well, no wonder that confidence has been an issue at different points in my life and about different things. Because for one, I totally have lacked confidence in relationships, right? For now I'm married a second time, but for years, I totally did not trust my own ability or my own judgment to pick someone because I was divorced. And so I remember constantly thinking, wait, wait, is this actually like, can I trust my judgment about this person? Can I trust that I know how to pick a relationship? No, I suck at relationships. No, I suck at finding a man. I suck at this. I I don't trust my own judgment. 
And then through therapy and coaching and really looking at myself, I would look back and think and understand that actually as the youngest of three, I kind of learned to never trust my judgment because there were a lot of times when I had an idea about something and my older siblings or my parents would tell me, no, no, that's not right. Do it this way. Do it that way. This is how we do it. And so I constantly learned that other people know more than I do. Other people have the right answers and I don't. And so even now I'll sometimes have an idea or have a thought and then I'll question it. And it's been a huge learning for me to trust and trust and trust in my own voice and be able to distinguish the difference between all of their voices and the fear voice and the confident voice, right? So we develop this fear. A few episodes ago, I talked a lot about fear. Fear is really just like our inner best friend. It seems like one of my mentors has called it an inner mean girl, Christina Rilo. Um, you might think of it as an inner critic, and it's really just trying to be your best friend. Because when I was little, if everyone else in my household was telling me to do something one way, but I wanted to do it another way, my fear developed, my fear voice developed in order to kind of be my best friend and say, no, 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 do it the way that the family does it in order to be liked, in order to be loved, in order to be approved of. And so that's why we learn to not trust our own judgment because we learned that in order to be loved, we needed to do it other people's way. We needed to fit in. And the thing is, typically, whatever made you really comfortable as a child is probably just going to hold you back as an adult. And so our job as an adult is to start questioning that fear voice and to start really understanding what is fear voice? What does that sound like? And usually it sounds like a whole lot of negative and a lot of shoulds and a lot of guilt and a lot of pain, and right? As opposed to the inner wisdom voice, the inner confidence that has a more quiet knowing. And this is real confidence. Real confidence doesn't have to be loud and brash and walk into a room. And that's when someone is like that, they're usually just trying to cover up an insecurity. But true confidence can have a, a quiet ability to them. And that doesn't mean you can't be an extrovert. You can be an extrovert and have this confidence about you where it's more of an inner knowing. And you still care about other people and you love other people and you're nice to other people. And you trust in your own judgment. Richard Petty is a researcher at Ohio State who has looked at confidence and what he's found, he did a survey of 150,000 people and what he found and had them take a, a confidence survey that they developed and was validated and then checked in with different success measures like income or, you know, traditional success measures like income and educational attainment, et cetera. What they found is that indeed as confidence goes up, so does income. And the way he defines confidence, I love this. He says, confidence is the stuff that turns thoughts into action. He says, confidence magnifies your thoughts into action. So if you have the thought, I'm attractive, and you nod while you say it, the research showed that actually people felt more attractive. But if you say, I'm attractive, and you start shaking your head, no, his research said that you actually don't feel it. The same is true if you sit up straight or you slouch, right? So if you say, I'm smart. I have a ton of capabilities. I'm an awesome manager or whatever it is for you, right? Or an awesome artist or an awesome singer or whatever it might be. And you nod, you're going to start believing it more. And that belief is going to lead to action. But if you say the same words and you slouch or you not, or you shake your head no while you're saying those same things, 
you actually don't feel as confident. You feel small. You you can test this out right now. I was testing it out, you know, really when I was planning for this podcast. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. If you slouch over while you say it, you actually won't feel as confident and then you won't take action. Because every thought you have leads to a feeling and every feeling you have leads to a behavior. And so if you have that thought, I'm attractive while you're not in your head, right? While you are taking action, you're going to have the feeling that you are and you're going to walk in confidence with it. And it makes so much sense to me because thoughts becoming action as confidence makes so much sense to me because I've had an idea for about eight months that I've sat on because I've been insecure about it. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. I mean, I know years and years ago when I first had the thought that I wanted to empower women, that this is not want to, that this was my calling. This is what I was put on earth for. Part of me, there was like this inner small, small, small voice that was confident in it, that knew this is what I'm here for. But then there were so many louder voices that said, you're crazy. You can't do that. Who do you think you are? You're not Oprah. No one's going to want to listen to you. You don't know anything. And those voices were so much louder. And so I sat on it for years and years. And, and I've shared on the podcast my story of how it took being robbed at gunpoint to finally take action. It wasn't becoming super confident. It was taking action and realizing that life is short. And so ever since then, I've, I've committed to take action. And it's important to look at the difference between confidence and maybe self-esteem. So self-esteem is that you think I'm great. I'm worthy, right? You like generally think that you're awesome and which is great. And self-compassion is really being kind to yourself the way that you would be to a friend. But self-confidence, right? And we want all these things. Self-confidence is like magnifying that thought that you can do something. That thought that you are capable. That thought that, hey, I can go do that. If so-and-so can do it, I can do it. Or I'm smart enough and putting that into action. But for some reason, as women, we have so much less confidence. A study of 30-year medical students found that female medical students we're significantly less confident than male students. So what's incredible about this is that these female medical students had just as much competence as the men, just as much competence, but they had less confidence. And what it did was actually increase their anxiety, especially in issues related to their competence. So these female medical students were as competent, but had more anxiety and less confidence. And then of course that just played on itself. And I wish that it was just isolated to that one study, but many studies have repeated this. There was a study about nursing students where nursing students took a self-confidence scale and the female nursing students had less confidence than the male nursing students. I think they were significantly less confident. And again, the female nursing students had just as much competence. It's so interesting because HP, the company HP did a study that has been pretty widely pretty widely cited that men, when they looked at the, the men in their company and they looked at the women in their company, men were willing to apply for a job that they only had about 60% of the job qualifications. They're like, yeah, I can do that. I'm totally competent enough for that. Women would only apply to the job if they had 100% of the job description. Check in about that with yourself, right? So this is one of the reasons why women make less than men. We're not going for the jobs that we can because we're not confident unless we think we have 100% of it. The thing is, though, that 
we have just as much competence, just as much competence. One of my clients was coming to me and she wanted to start coaching. She wanted to be out there as a coach. And she's like, oh, but I need another degree. Now, this woman is incredible. She has stacks of certifications and degrees. And she's like, no, 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 I I don't know enough yet. I need one more certification. And I had to give her some tough love and say, my love, you have enough. I love that you love learning. I love that you want more and you have enough. Let's get you out there now because the best way to actually build confidence is to start doing, is to take a step and to learn. Like I think about the very first talk I did and it was years ago. It was right out of graduate school. And, you know, it was the first paid talk I did. I should say that was the first paid talk I did. And I got up and I was so nervous. I knew my stuff, but I still was so nervous. It was my first paid talk. I wanted to do a good job. And I remember basically just reciting a lot of what I had learned in grad school, like, you know, a lot of the theories from other people or statistics from other people and like no story. Of course, what people remember the most is is story. And so it wasn't a very good talk. And I, maybe I should give you all your money back, you know, like I know that it wasn't as good of a talk as I can give, but I had to get out there and I had to do the first talk. And I would feel really bad about myself, except I got several emails afterwards of people saying, thank you. I really needed that. That was awesome. And so even what you think is not the best of the best of the best is going to be good, is going to be great for other people. Because they need what you have. They need your talents. They need your wisdom. They need your experience. And the best way for you to build your competence, your confidence in your competence is to start doing. And this really matters. It matters that women, medical students and nursing students and everywhere that women are not as confident as men because there is this correlation between confidence and success. It also matters to our families. You know, one of the things that we know in terms of confidence, Dove did research and found that just 4% of women worldwide consider themselves beautiful. Only 4% when every woman I look at is beautiful? It makes no sense. And we know that depending on which research study you look at, either 80 or 90% of women don't like their bodies. I mean, dislike some aspect of their bodies. In fact, by the time girls reach about 17, 78% of them will be unhappy with their bodies. I mean, this is insane. I love Dove because they really take a stand for women in every body. And they have these beautiful commercials. And there's this one commercial where they interview these girls, young girls, maybe eight, nine, 10 years old. And they ask these little girls what parts of them they love and what parts of them they don't love. And you'll see one girl talk about her crooked nose and another girl talk about her big thighs. And then they interview these women with the same questions. And you see a woman talk about her crooked nose and you see another woman talk about her big thighs. And then you see these mothers and daughters come together. And it's the mothers, the mother who felt she had a crooked nose, her daughter felt she had a crooked nose. The mother who felt she had big thighs, the daughter felt that she had big thighs. Now, I'm sure if I asked those mother, they, those mothers, they would say, they don't talk about that in front of their kids. Like almost everyone I know says, no, 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 no. my kids don't know that I hate my body or I, they don't know that. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Our kids are learning from us. And it doesn't have to be what we say. It's what we do. It's our attitude. It's our confidence. It's our belief in ourselves. All it takes to change an entire generation to love their body is for us to start loving our body right now as is for us to say curves are beautiful and thin is beautiful. 
larger is beautiful, big boobs are beautiful, small boobs are beautiful, everything is beautiful. That's all it would take if we all just believed that, right? Because who decided anyway what our body is supposed to look like? Who decided? If you go into any museum and you look at paintings from a couple hundred years ago, women who were voluptuous and curvy, that was considered the most beautiful. If you were too thin, you were probably thought that you weren't beautiful. And you were probably trying to gain weight, right? You could have more ice cream. You could have more chocolate. So who decides what beauty is? Who decides what we should be confident in our body? We get to decide. Remember, we're the major consumers. We have so much influence. Can you imagine if we all came together and we all just declared across the world, that's it? We're just going to say every woman's body is beautiful. And we're going to take a stand for every company to say the same thing because we want our girls and our boys to believe that too. That's all it would take for us to start raising a generation that was confident in their bodies, confident in themselves. We have every reason to be confident. So I want to give you a few purpose power tools in order to gain more confidence in your own life. Number one, look back at your life. And I want you to think about all of your triumphs. I want you to think about all of the things that you are proud of. And it could be that you won an award for something, or it could be that you got all A's in some sort of school. It also can be when you stood up for a friend, or when you showed up for someone in need, or when you volunteered. What are the things that you're really proud of that you deserve to be proud of? I also want you to look at your life and think, what are the challenges that I've overcome? I was meeting with my client mastermind group yesterday. It's a group of women who either are launching or wanting to build their businesses that are all purpose businesses, doing something that is purposeful. And I was looking around the quote unquote room. It was virtual, you know, online. And I'm looking around and these women, each one of them had survived so much in life. Each one was so incredibly courageous and strong. One of them is a mother to a child with special needs. And she's such an incredible mother. And she also works full-time for a company and has her own leadership business. And she shares a lot of stories in her leadership training about her son and raising him. And her next desire is to go out and help parents who are dealing with the same special needs. I mean, what an incredible woman, so much resilience, so much strength, so much joy. She's never complaining. She's always full of joy and light. Another woman has been through an incredibly difficult divorce, incredibly difficult divorce. And yet is a hero. She has her own business taking care of other, her business is taking care of other people and being a single mom. Another woman had an accident that left her a paraplegic. And yet she went on afterwards. She not only survived, she is thriving. She went on to get her PhD, start her own business, meet and marry the love of her life. And now she's going after an adventure sport that is her dream. These are incredible women and they are not isolated. You are the same. Every woman I know has been through so much. You deserve to feel confident because of what you have overcome. That no matter what you've been through, whether it's infertility or it's a child's illness or it's having your heart broken into a million and two pieces or it's divorce or whatever abuse or growing up with an alcoholic parent, whatever it is, we have survived so much. And you deserve to be confident because you woke up the next day and you kept going. You went to work. You took care of your kids. You took care of the family. You get shit done. We deserve to say no more of this bullshit that our confidence is based on what someone said our butt is supposed to look like or our belly is supposed to look like. 
No, we deserve to feel confident because of who we are and what we have done in our lives and how we have shown up. So that's purpose power tip number one. Purpose power tip number two. There's a great TED Talk by Amy Cuddy where she talks about how we can become more confident in ourselves. You fake it until you become it. She has something that she calls the power pose, which is standing like with your arms, you know, your your fists like on your hips. And you just do that for two minutes and you will actually start to believe more of what you think, the good stuff of what you think. You will feel more powerful. You could do other power poses where you put your legs up on the desk and your hands are behind your head. You know, you're like a you know big badass, like executive kind of a person. So you can get into a power pose just for two minutes and it will tell your body, we're in charge here. We're in control. We got this. So that's great to do before an interview or before you're going to give your first public talk or something like that. Number three is strengths. So I've talked about this on a previous podcast. I love, love, love knowing your strengths, knowing what's best about you. You have a different set of strengths and talents and passions and life experience than I do. So that's what makes you special. And so purpose power tip number three is know your own strengths, know what makes you special and be proud of that. One of my favorite tools is called the Values in Action, VIA, Survey of Character Strengths. And basically, if you look at psychologists and how psychologists bill, they diagnose you with an illness. So you go to a traditional psychologist and they have to tell the insurance company here, at least in the United States, uh, that you have anxiety or you have depression. And so you go to a therapist and they will diagnose you as some sort of illness. Well, when the founders of my field, positive psychology, the science of human flourishing, when they were really working on creating this field, they got together and said, could we create a tool that diagnoses wellness and what's right with you? And so a top professor at the University of Pennsylvania and at the University of Michigan got together and they created something called the Values in Action, VIA, Survey of Character Strengths. And it's free. You go online and you take this survey and it will tell you what are your top strengths. So for me, a top strength is appreciation of beauty and excellence because I notice the beauty around me. I notice the excellence in other people. Zest is one of my top strengths, right? Creativity. Courage is a top strength of mine. For one of my clients, it's about kindness. It's about generosity. For another, it's about leadership. So who are you? Know your strengths. Know what makes you special. And the last thing that we need for women to feel confident is to come together and support one another. I swear I feel more confident when women give me compliments than when my husband gives me compliments, right? It's like when a woman tells me I'm beautiful, like my husband, yeah, he says it, of course, he feels it. But when another woman acknowledges me, when another woman sees me, like really sees me, sees my gifts, sees my talents, sees my strengths, I feel so validated. Like this is why I started running sisterhoods. You know, when I started doing this work, I went, started to be a coach, an individual coach and a motivational speaker. And what I found when I turned 40 is all these women started contacting me, women who I hadn't talked to since I was a girl a woman I went to high school with, a woman I went to summer camp with, and they all said the same thing. They said, I don't know if it's because I'm turning 40, but dot, dot, dot. You know, life basically doesn't look like I thought it would. I thought I would be more confident. I thought I would feel great. I thought X, Y, or Z. And some of them, their lives looked exactly like they actually wanted. They had the kids and the husband and the job, but they still felt empty. Or maybe life didn't look like they thought it would be, and they ended up divorced or never married or not having the career that they thought. But the theme was the same. And I said, we need to come together. And so I had my first group. That was when I did my first sisterhood. 
It was incredible. Women came together and yes, they got my coaching, but what, and what happened is that they got support from one another so that when one woman didn't feel confident in writing the book that she had always wanted to write, she had 10 other women saying to her, you got this. I believe in you. You can do it. You're amazing. Or when one woman felt like she couldn't be the parent to her child because of the challenges they were having, other women stepped up and said, you are awesome. You got this. I believe in you. I'm going to hold you when you cry and I'm going to believe in you when you are going to stand up. And so this is what women can do for each other. And so I've been building these sisterhoods ever since. It's why I take women on retreats. And this idea that I had that I said I felt insecure about months ago. So in October, I had my second miscarriage. And um, to be honest with you, it was the hardest time of my life. I um, actually said to my husband, I don't want to be alive anymore. And I... I went through my own healing process. I leaned into women, to sisterhood, and let other women take care of me. I did a lot of self-care. I went to the woods for a week by myself and cooked myself healthy food and indulged in ice cream and meditated and cried and took a bat out in the woods and beat up rocks and sticks and old trees and screamed my head off. I really did what I needed to do. And then as I meditated and meditated, and this this went on, right? This process was, was a couple of months. I said, show me, show me what else I'm here to birth. And what came to me is that we have an epidemic of women's depression. I've talked about it before on this show. We have an epidemic where women are twice as depressed as men, where we are less happy than women were 30 years ago. And as everything I've just said, we deserve better. We deserve more. And what came to me is, what if women got together and one day all over the world and we declared that we are worthy We are worthy of confidence. We are worthy of happiness. We are worthy of joy. We are worthy of purpose. We are worthy of success. And what came to me is something called Women's Global Happiness Day. One day where women gather in small circles all over the world. And it's a safe place, right? Women don't have a safe place right now. It's to share their true fears, to share what they don't feel confident about, and to share their biggest hopes and dreams. That's what happens when I do these retreats and when I build these sisterhoods is there's a safe place to share. It's not like you show up to carpool or to soccer practice and tell the other moms, you know, I have this idea about starting my own business, but I really feel insecure and I don't feel good about myself. Like we just don't do that. And it certainly isn't happening on social media, right? Research is actually showing social media is making us more depressed because everyone is only showing their perfect side. We need a safe place to be able to share what it feels like to actually be a woman, to have all of our emotions, and a place where other women are believing in us. And we need to learn this science. We, there's actually a science of women's happiness, and we need to learn it. And so I am thrilled, 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 so excited to announce that the very first annual Women's Global Happiness Day is taking place October 18th. And already I put it out in the world. I've been so, like I said, insecure about it. And I finally was just like, nope, I'm doing it, right? Because taking action builds competence. And I just decided that if nobody, like what I wanted was to put it out in the world and for all these women to say, yes, I want to host an event. I want to host a circle where I am. And I had to put it out. And the first time I put it out, I just started kind of sprinkling it, right? Because taking action builds competence. And so I just started telling one person and then another person. And I would have one person say, oh, I would do a circle here in the Bay Area of California. And another woman said, oh, I would do a circle here in New York. And so I was like, okay, well, I at least have two circles. And then I told a few more people. And so I am thrilled to officially announce it. 
there are now circles. Oh my gosh, I have 20 circles already and it's just August. So I know there's going to be more, but there's a woman in Nigeria who's going to host a circle and a woman in New Zealand is going to host a circle and a woman in Israel is going to host a circle and the Philippines and in so many places in the United States. So these circles are going to happen and it's really hashtag we deserve happiness. It's women's happiness that it's taking a stand and claiming that we are worthy of feeling that happiness, that confidence, that joy, that purpose. And we're going to support each other in doing it. And so if you want to host a circle, contact me, Karen at KarenRockheim.com, or you want more information, go to KarenRockheim.com forward slash WGHD, WGHD, which is Women's Global Happiness Day. And of course, join my Purpose Girls Facebook group. It's totally free every week. I post inspiration questions to get you thinking and get you like really on your track to living a happier, more purposeful life. Of course, follow me on Instagram and on Facebook, Karen Rockhind, Coach Karen Rockhind, and you can get more and more and more information because you don't have to host a group. You, as we build the groups, we'll be letting you know where they are and where you can join one. And I'll be doing an online event if you, if there's no group near you. So Women's Global Happiness Day is coming. I'm nervous. To be honest, I have a little bit of insecurity about it and I'm super excited. And this is all about us becoming our most confident, happiest selves because I am confident. Here's one thing I'm a hundred percent confident in that as women become confident, as women become happier, that's going to change the world because we are the influencers. I'm convinced of this. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Thank you. I hope that this helps you build your confidence. If you like this podcast, please share it. That's the most important thing you could do. Give it to female colleagues who need to build their confidence. Give it to your mom who needs to build her confidence. Give it to your sisters, your friends, women who need to build their confidence, who deserve to be happier, who you know could use this. Give it to them. This is how we build a worldwide community. This is how we build a a movement of women, of women on purpose who are saying, we deserve happiness. We deserve more and we're going to do it together. Also, if you love this podcast, please rate it. Give it five stars. Please, 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 please review it. Tell me that you love it. Send me an email. I love hearing from you. Karen at KarenRockheim.com. And of course, follow me in Instagram and Facebook and all the places. I love hearing from you. I love being with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. May you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now. <music>